0: Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight.
1: In our attempt, and I believe it's the call of God upon our church, uh, to reach people with the gospel, there are many ways, I mean numerous ways, to lead someone to Jesus Christ. There's all kinds of methods to do that. But by far, the most effective method to reach someone with the gospel is by the sharing or the telling of your testimony. When you, explain, when you explain to a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, a stranger, what God has done in your life, somehow that relates to them, and they start to think. If God can change your life, then perhaps he can change their life. And the truth is, I want you to write this down. If God can change your life, which he has, then God can change anyone's life. Amen? So this is a very, 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 very simple sermon today. I just want to teach you what a testimony is. A testimony is made up of three parts. There's the before part, before you met Christ, what your life was like before you became a Christian. Part two is how did you meet Christ? How did Christ find you? How did this relationship begin? And the third part is what has happened in your life since you gave your life to Jesus Christ? Are you with me? It's very simple. The before I was lost, I was lonely, I was, I was depressed half the time, had no purpose in my life. I got up every day and I went to work, didn't know why I was going to work. Nothing seemed to ever fulfill me. I got wrapped up in the things of this world. Perhaps I got addicted to some sin. I just kind of going through life, no meaning, no purpose, but deep, deep down, I was missing something. I didn't even know what I was missing. And then you explain how you became a Christian this crazy story, but my next door neighbor invited me to church or someone at work handed me a Bible or I was flipping channels on the television. I saw some TV evangelist or I was driving on the freeway and I was listening to the Ray Christian radio or something happened. Whatever happened, however, however you found Christ, however that process took place, but you ended up coming to church. I came for 10 years. I never really listened. i never brought a Bible, never paid. But one day I, I like one time, on, it was like the, I've been there 10 years, and it was like the last verse. Something came over me, and I stepped forward, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and I was baptized. And since then, my life is completely changed. I don't know why it took me so long. I didn't know why I didn't do it the first time I ever heard it. I don't know why I spent so much of my time over there what I could have spent my time over here. Now I wake up every day with a purpose. I wake up every day with a reason to live, to share my faith, and to let, let Christ work through me. So that that is a testimony it's very very simple and i want to look at the bible at a compelling testimony of a man named saul this is before he became a christian saul began to destroy the church going from house to house he dragged off men and women and put them where into prison so here's this man saul like a killer wolf ravaging the flock of jesus christ With intense hatred and zeal, he's going house to house and he's not selling encyclopedias. He's not taking a poll or doing a survey. He's not handing out literature. He's going from house to house, from synagogue to synagogue, from apartment to apartment And he's dragging off men and women and putting them into prison, trying to destroy the church and obliterate Christianity off the face of this earth. That's what he's trying to do. That's before he met Christ. But then the second part of his testimony is he meets Christ. You say, what in the world? How did you're talking about this guy becomes a Christian? How is that even possible? Look at chapter 9, the first word, meanwhile. While God was doing his thing, chapter 9, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that, so that if, everybody say if, if. If he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners back to Where? back to Jerusalem and the Bible says as he neared Damascus on his journey suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him verse 4 he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him Saul Saul why do you persecute me who are you Lord Saul asked and he said I am Jesus whom you are persecuting well I thought I thought he was persecuting the church I thought he was persecuting men. I thought he was persecuting women. I thought he was persecuting people who belong to the way. But he hears this voice, and the voice says, Why are you persecuting me? Who are you? And he says, I am Jesus. He wasn't persecuting the church. He was persecuting Jesus. And he said in verse 6, Now get up, get up, get up, and go into the city, and you will be told what? you must do well let me tell you when jesus gets involved all things are possible now i'm going to read through this quick because i just want you to see what happened the men traveling with saul stood there speechless i should say so they heard the sound but they they couldn't see anyone verse eight saul got up from the ground but when he opened his eyes he could see nothing so they led him by the hand into damascus For three days, he was blind. He did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision and said, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, I want you to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus, a man named Saul, for he's praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he's done to the saints in Jerusalem, and he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I've chosen this man. To preach the gospel to gentiles and to the nation of israel and i will show him how much he must suffer for my name now don't lose the irony there saul is on this way to damascus to persecute christians why if he got his mitts on ananias ananias is number first person he's going to take back to jerusalem and now he's been struck blind He's been led into Damascus by his hand and God touches Ananias and says, Ananias, I want you to go talk to Saul and I want you to let him know that the persecution that he's been causing upon the church of Jesus Christ, that he himself is now about to have to suffer because of my name. Don't lose the irony of that. And all God's people said, verse 17, when Ananias went to the house and entered it, I think he tiptoed in there. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul, boy, you talk about a step of faith. Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And immediately something like scales from Saul's eyes fell and he could see again. And he got up and he was what? I mean, he just gets right up and gets baptized nowhere nowhere in the bible do we find someone getting saved and waiting six weeks or six months or six years to be baptized now you would think well this he needs to do this but this not that important he immediately was what and after taking some food he regained his what i want to ask you a question don't you think there were a lot of christians that were scared to death of saul I mean, you just saw Ananias' response. But don't you also believe that even as Christians were hiding, that there were some who were praying, Lord God, is it possible this man who's been destroying the church, is there any way he could become a Christian? Don't you think there had to be some believers praying that Saul would become a believer? And see, there's a difference. Not all of us do that. Do that. There's all kinds of people, again, that are not saved that you get upset about and you shouldn't be upset you should be praying that that person comes to put their faith in jesus christ i want you to write this down write this down don't ever think that someone is beyond god's grace don't ever think that anyone is beyond god's reach we talked about that the last couple of weeks if saul the guy who was destroying the church if he could meet jesus if he could be saved listen anybody can be saved number three write this down no no two stories are alike i just read to you saul's story we just read it it's his story but you have a story and just like your thumbprint your story is unique your what you were like is different than everyone we're all different and you met christ somehow now your life is different but no two stories are alike I want you to see Paul's life, Saul's life before Christ, how he met Christ. And write this down. Don't write Christ. right after salvation. What happened after he became saved? Well, the first thing we find there in the end of verse 19, Saul spent several days with the... In... They had to be thinking, is this the same guy? every person should be thinking that about you when you get saved. Well, is this, is this the same God that, that was at work last week? You see, that's why your testimony, your story of how God changed your life is the greatest evidence for the reality of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 20, at once, he this, this is unbelievable. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. How many of you think that that is just remarkable, just unbelievable? Well, it's not just you. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who raised havoc? In Jerusalem among those who call on his name and hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest, that word havoc in the Greek is the word portheo. And the word portheo, you know, we think of havoc means it's like you messed up the bed or the laundry's everywhere, the house is messed up. The word havoc in the Greek is the word that means to attack with the intent to destroy. This is the man who created havoc or attacked the church with the intent to destroy and then verse 22 yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ skip down to verse 26 then he came to where because where did everything we just read where did it all happen up in Damascus And now he's come back to Jerusalem where the persecution began. And it says that when he came to Jerusalem and tried to join the disciples, they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple, but Barnabas and praise God for the Barnabases of life took him and brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. And Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Now, if you read the rest of the New Testament, write this down quickly, you learn these things. He changes his name from Saul to Paul. It's a new start, a new beginning, a new name. He goes on four missionary journeys. He travels the the known world. And he becomes a church planter. In fact, he does without question become the number one pillar of the church besides Jesus Christ. Peter and Paul are the two main pillars of the church in the first century. And then he ends up writing one half of the New Testament I want to ask you this question how many of you knew that this book was written half of it was written by a murderer this was written by a murderer well that that's what his life used to be but then he met Jesus Christ and now he becomes the number one church builder missionary Bible writer the world has ever known today I wanted to give you just an insert where you can write your own testimony. The first part is just what was your life. We call this BC, before Christ. And uh, you can just write little one words or you can write out sentences. But what was your life like before Christ and explain why you were on the wrong path? How'd you get there? Why were you there? Number two, you turn your outline over there, that, that, the moment. Everybody say the moment. How did, how did you accept Christ into your life? I want you to be able to explain how you met Christ. When did you surrender your life to Christ? When were you baptized? And I just want to say this. Do not be offended by this, but think about it. If you cannot articulate how you met Christ, perhaps you never met him. If you can't explain how you became a Christian, perhaps today you're not a christian because if you've met jesus christ you should be able to explain how that happened amen, amen. and then number three the third thing is what we call ad uh, the year of our lord how has your life changed after since you become a christian write it out keep it in your bible or put it somewhere where you have it handy but you write it out And then you start to read it. You read it, you read it, and as you read it, it will help you verbalize it. And communicate your testimony to someone every single week. I want you, when you give your testimony, to emphasize point two and point three. I've heard way too many testimonies where they spend one hour talking about how bad their life was. And they start to take pride in how bad their life was. They take about 30 seconds to talk about Jesus and 30 seconds about what's happened since they met Jesus. It should be just the opposite. We just read, we just read Saul's, he had about four or five verses that talked about his previous life. He spent a long time talking about how he met Jesus Christ on that road to Damascus. And really the rest of the New Testament is his life after he got saved. So it's just a word of wisdom to you uh when you tell your past just kind of give a give a little synopsis of it we don't really want to hear all the details right but just give me enough to know you were on the wrong path what i want to know is how you met christ and how he changed your life and then you begin to pray that god would open up doors and give you boldness And you make this sharing of your testimony a priority and you let people know what Jesus did and what he does in your life. As we close, I want you to turn all the way to Acts chapter 22. We've spent this whole morning in Acts chapter 9. What happened between Acts 9 and Acts 22? Well, Paul went on two or three different missionary journeys. He's been arrested several times. He's been beaten for his faith. He's been thrown in too many prisons. He can't even count them all. He has truly suffered for his faith, but he still boldly proclaims to both Jew and Gentile, giving proof that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah. So, a lot has happened by the time you get to Acts chapter 22, but when you come to Acts 22, it's another moment that he's been arrested, and he's what it is. I just want you to know this. Paul now is giving his testimony. We read what happened to him now it's him talking he's actually standing before some people and Saul goes let me tell you my testimony and I just want you to see how once it happens now you explain to people what happened it's his testimony I want you to look at Acts 22 beginning with verse 3 I'm this I'm going to read this fast I am a Jew born in Tarsus Cilicia but brought up in this city under Gamaliel I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers And just as zealous for God as any of you here today, and I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as also the high priest and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters then to their brothers in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. That's his life before he met Christ. And then verse 6, about noon. As I came near Damascus, suddenly, there's that word again, a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground. I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, I ask? I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now remember in Acts 9, it was happening real time. This, this is just his account of it. Verse 9 My companions saw the light but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me what shall I do lord I asked get up the lord said and go into Damascus and there you will be told all that you have been assigned to do Verse 11 My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me and a man named Ananias came to see me he was a devout observer I would have arrested him had I never never mind Uh, He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that very moment, I was able to see him. And then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now what in the world are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. That's how he met Christ. The after, again, if you go over to verse 21, the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the what? In other words, God is going to use his life as a vessel to take the gospel to the entire world.
0: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. that number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Deep in the heart of every believer, there's a faint whisper, a call, a prompting. We go about our business and we hear it. We see and interact with lost people every day, and the whisper echoes again for us to share our faith and tell others about Jesus. And yet, we still resist. In his latest book, Compelled, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shares his earnest desire for each and every believer to be equipped with the good news of salvation. He encourages you with inspiring stories of men and women, young and old, who have accepted the irresistible call to share Jesus with everyone they meet. And He provides practical methods to overcome your fears and effectively articulate the message of salvation. Thousands of readers have already taken advantage of this incredible book, and now it's here for you. Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith, can be yours right now for a gift of $15 or more to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as easy as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 4777. You can also get Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith on our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover for yourself the strength that awaits inside you to speak boldly to others of how Jesus Christ has changed your life forever. Don't hesitate. Call us right now and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's latest book, Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.